I just want to be happy. Uh, that's all I'm here to do. And I've worked in jobs where I wasn't happy and I left because I just think life is too short. We're joined today by Sarah Brucklebank, the HR Director of Atlas Hotels. This is a great episode in which we gain insight into how the business pivoted during the COVID period, why they list their full 12-week induction plan on the website and what that means from an attraction and retention perspective, and how the organisation used the value, worked together across a multi-site, multi-brand setup. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on the Happy Workplace Project. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Obviously, you're somebody that I've known for the best part of a decade, and your career is a really interesting one because it spans care, engineering, retail, wholesale, travel, and then currently hospitality, where you're HR Director of Atlas Hotels. So could you start by giving us some insight into the business? Mm -hmm. And critically, could you describe the culture of the organisation as well, please? Yeah, sure. And thanks for the intro. That's lovely. I might record that for my voicemail or something. But yeah, so I've been working at Atlas now for about four and a half years. And what we do at Atlas Hotels is we're a hotel management company. So we have 58, currently 58 hotels across the UK. They are mainly Holiday Inn Express brand. So 55 of the 58 are Holiday Inn Express. So we're the largest franchisee of Holiday Inn Express in Europe. And we have two Hampton by Hiltons and more recently a Holiday Inn. So we have one full service. But last year, we also excitingly expanded into France and Germany. So we have some management agreements where we're working in a slightly different way, but we are managing two hotels, one in Paris and one in Dresden. And both European and UK expansion are very important to us. So when I first started at Atlas, I think we were at 47 hotels. Now, obviously, we're at 58. And our owners are still very keen for us to add to our portfolio. So we're an organisation that is growing. In terms of the makeup of our hotels, if you're not familiar with uh, Holiday Inn Express in particular, it's what we would call a select service brand. So, you know, we don't have big restaurants or pools. It's quite a kind of simple operation where we are offering bed dinner, drink, and a great breakfast. So our employees are pretty much doing all the jobs that you would imagine exist within a hotel, as opposed to in most kind of full service environments, people will either be employed to kind of look after reception or look after the restaurant, whereas our guys are doing everything. So it's a role with a lot of variety. Atlas does, it does have a really distinct culture, which I think is amazing given that we're spread over so many sites. But every hotel that you go into, there's quite kind of distinct similarities from a culture perspective. So very much fun and informal. We're definitely quite an informal organisation, not hierarchical at all. And I would say quite family feeling. It feels like a family, I think, because each hotel that we operate in most cases has quite a small staff team that's responsible for managing that hotel 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that really just does breed a kind of family approach. Everyone feels like a really important cog in the team. So that's represented across all of our hotels. And we do have a central office as well, which is based in Leicester. And similarly, the same kind of culture and values underpin the team that exists in Leicester as well. And interestingly, when we did some work on our EVP 
in 2019, fun actually came out as something that was most valued by our teams. I was doing some investigation recently uh, pre prior to our conversation today, and I was looking on your careers website and I noticed that you are communicating your full 12 week induction program. I'm really interested to understand why you do that and how that's impacting your recruitment at the moment, knowing that we're in a very talent short market. The why we do it, I think, is is really important. So our recruitment strategy is to recruit team members. So within our hotels, we have a number of different roles. We have team members, team leaders who lead the shift, and we have hotel operations managers. In some places, we have housekeeping teams internally. Sometimes they're outsourced to a different company. And then we also have maintenance technicians. Now, it's quite difficult for us, given the variety of the job, for us to recruit in a, a, directly from outside of Atlas into a team leader job. So we've found that those are the hardest roles to fill within Atlas. So our recruitment strategy has been about recruiting great team members that are, we can eventually promote into team leader roles. Now, what that means is we're effectively recruiting people who don't have any experience of the hospitality industry because we don't believe that experience in hospitality is a good predictor of being great at hospitality. We think the great predictor is personality. So if you have personality, the right attitude, you wanna work in the team, you're happy to chat to guests, you're probably gonna get on quite well within hospitality. But the fact that some people don't have experience can be a detractor to maybe their application to us. So part of the reason why we're really clear on what the first 12 weeks involves is to hopefully reassure people that if you don't have any experience in hospitality, don't let that be a barrier to you applying because we're going to teach you everything you need to know. The bits that we can't teach you are your attitude and your personality. So if you've got that, come and apply to us come and start in Atlas and we will teach you everything about hospitality that you need to know. So that was the main driver why we were very clear about what that initial 12 weeks involves. And we actually did that work going back a few years pre-COVID because everything now is kind of defined as pre-COVID or post-COVID. But that work actually became really important last year because as you mentioned, talent short market, the hospital jobs in hospitality, there were a huge volume of them last year and a lot fewer candidates that wanted to work in hospitality. So that initial 12 week plan became even more important because once you'd selected a great talented person, the way that you keep them, we believe, is by giving them a great induction. So those tools which we were talking about that are available to be able to view on our website and how we induct people became almost our Bible for how we operate when we bring people in. So it's really, really important for our managers to be able to follow those tools. So we have a day one journey, for example, which is always done on the first day. We have a really clearly mapped days two to 10, just to help people understand what they're going to learn in that really crucial initial I've started a new job period and then we have what we call our Atlas Heroes Guide so we have a bar hero we have a check-in hero we have a housekeeping hero so people can understand bit by bit in terms of the operation and 
trying for it not to be overwhelming, how they achieve a kind of competence in each area. And that in turn is really helpful for our managers to be able to be clear, what does good look like at Atlas? Because they've got a really clear induction plan for everyone. So it's kind of been about the attraction piece, but also then retaining the people that we have brought into the business. So you've spoken a lot about the importance of values within the organisation and the transparency of that 12-week induction plan. How do those values become intertwined into that induction plan to allow new starters to enhance and keep them alive within the organisation? Yeah, there's a couple of ways that we do that. And some are what I would really call tactical strategies. So as an example, we have four values. So they are be guest focused, work together, show commitment and strive for quality. So those are introduced front and centre day one. So they will have already been introduced as part of the interview process and our selection process, how people will align themselves or otherwise to the values is a key way that we identify who are the right people for us. But once those people start with us, it's about being very clear around how those values interact with our everyday maybe decision making at Atlas and how we induct them. So a key part of that day one is we have a particular video that we play, for example, which explains what the values are, what they mean to Atlas and why they're important. And also we have examples within our day one journey, we call it, of great role models of the values. So we actually identify people within the business that we say this person is a great role model of work together, for example. And we give examples as to why those people are are great examples of role modeling that particular value. So we believe that that kind of brings it to life. It's less about it being words on a page and more about how people are explaining what those values are. And they can directly correlate that with what they're maybe seeing from other individuals in the hotel. We also are able to use, we use a platform called Mo, which is reward and recognition platform. And that platform encourages people to give recognition and thanks to others based on a value. So we are asking our hotel managers for new people, for example, to be able to identify a way that that new person has really done a great job in their first day one or day two, and identify and tag that against one of our four values. So again, that person is seeing, okay, I did a great job because I worked together in this specific example, and that's what's valued at Atlas. So we try and do it initially in the day one, underpinning it by the work in Mo, and then also also, our things like our probation review documents, again, are kind of tactically focused around the values. So what's working well from a perspective of our four values, maybe what could be improved around the four values so that it keeps being part of the conversation. And I would say those are the ways that we are focused really on making sure that the values are kind of brought to life every day. And during the induction period, there's a really big focus on them. So the induction is not just about how you learn the skill of somebody, of how you check someone in or you check them out or you resolve a guest problem, but it's also about the culture of Atlas and how we kind of Atlasize people when they come in. What a great phrase. (laughs) Responsibility and empowerment seem to be language that is is kind of really ingrained within your organisation and and obviously a way of working. Could you tell us about how that lives? Yeah, and this goes back to the kind of lack of hierarchy that I mentioned in the culture initially at Atlas. 
So, uh, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to this has stayed in a hotel, so so can appreciate sometimes the frustrations if things go wrong, and sometimes things will go wrong. You know, everyone's really well intentioned, but not everything goes right all of the time. But it's really important for us that whoever that person is who's serving the guest, looking after them, if they're understanding that there's a problem with some aspect of the guest stay, that they are empowered to put that right, and that means. For example, if they needed to compensate a guest for an experience that they've had, or maybe, you know, they've had some dinner, they're not happy with it. There's not a kind of really bureaucratic trail of authorization that they would have to go through to get that signed off. They can make that decision there and then. So they just need to make sure in their own minds that they understand why they're compensating the guest and that that action is going to resolve the problem. So all of our team members, regardless of for how long they've worked for Atlas or in what role they work in, they are empowered to make something right for the guest because we believe it's much more important to be able to do that and have the guest go away happy than it is for somebody to follow a kind of long authorization process about can I compensate this guest or not. We call that service recovery and we've identified that service recovery is one of the main drivers to overall guest experience. So even if you've had a brilliant guest experience, you've had a fab breakfast, you've had a fab sleep, actually if something happens on your way out for example and it's not able to be resolved at the time then that can really detract from your overall experience that's what you go away thinking about so we educate all of our employees to be able to ask the guests throughout their stay how's your stay is there anything I can help you with so that we're prompting people if they are if there are any issues that they can raise them with us at the time while they're on site so we can get it sorted out but we can only do that if all of our team is empowered to be able to resolve the situation there and then. We respect our differences is a phrase that I came across when preparing for our conversation today. Could you tell us a bit about what Atlas are doing with regard to diversity and inclusion Mm. at the moment? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're doing a huge amount and actually it's really paying off. So on Glassdoor, for example, when the score, we've got a score of 4.4 out of 5 on Glassdoor. So we've got a really good score. It is. 3.69. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We've got a great score on Glassdoor, which we're really proud of. But when the score is broken down into its different constituents, so things like work-life balance, support of CEO, one of the different constituents that makes up the score is diversity and inclusion. And we score 4.6 out of 5 on diversity and inclusion. And I think that's it's there's two parts to that. Part of that is just the nature of the culture, I think. It's a kind of come as you are, again, informal, fun, inclusive. And though we're really benefiting from that being the case because we want to represent our guests and our guests are completely diverse. So we think from an employee perspective, we need to represent the same thing in order to deliver the right value to the guest. But it's also about maybe some of the initiatives that we've been undertaking recently, which we're using to actively promote diversity and inclusion in Atlas. So a really recent example of that is around our work with disability confidence. So we've very recently been confirmed as disability confident committed, which means we're on the journey to disability confident. And that's really about making sure that we are open to people who might have, they might experience barriers to employment. So one of the projects that we initiated last year was a project called Accommodate. And that was about looking at different pipelines of people into our business that might have 
barriers to employment. So potential barriers could be disability. So we've done our work on disability confident, which is ongoing. Other potential barriers might just be people being out of work for a long time, not having that recent work experience. So we do a lot with DWP and we've been involved in numerous job fairs and employability events as well with DWP, which we've had great success with. Sometimes it's also about age. So the government at the moment are doing a lot around 50 plus in terms of that being a proportion of people that on the back of COVID are kind of economically inactive and maybe had retired before they'd anticipated wanting to do so. So we're also doing a big piece of work around 50 plus because people wouldn't naturally think often of hospitality being a great opportunity for people at the opposite end of their career to maybe a person coming into their career. But actually, if you look at our age profile, about a third of our current employees are made up of people in the age bracket 45 plus. So we do have already quite a diverse age profile. But what we're trying to do with our work on 50 plus is identify and reflect back to the job market and candidates that might not have considered us to say, yeah, hospitality can be for you as well. You know, and for example, we've had lots of people who are grandparents who want to come in and do one of our team member breakfast roles in the morning, then go home again. And that works perfectly for them. So there's absolutely diversity in age. And then the other part that we've been doing, and this is very new for us, is that we've looked at recruitment of prison leavers because of course they have a lot of barriers in terms of returning to the employment market but what we know is actually if you are if you have a job when you leave prison you are 80% less likely to reoffend and again that speaks to our atlas values around family working together because it's not just affecting that prison lever for us that's also about all the people that surround that prison lever and keeping families together outside of custody so we've done a lot to bring and reflect the diversity of our guests into atlas but what i'm also very conscious of is we then need to be inclusive when those people are here because it's great saying hey we you know bring those people in and and we're going to be able to make sure that we're open to all but then we do need to make sure that we're treating those employees fairly consistently regardless of the background or the barrier that they might have had so yeah we've done a lot and continue to do a lot around diversity and inclusion and it's really important for us again from a competitive advantage perspective we do think if you're a guest that's being represented by the the employee that you're talking to you're more likely to come back and again from a diversity perspective we believe if you've got more diverse people in the business you're more likely to make the right decisions because you have diversity of thought in the organization as opposed to being thinking one way because you are all one way absolutely so you mentioned the value work together there you're a multi-brand multi-site organization how does that value work taking into account the situation of the business. Yeah, and that's a real challenge for us because when you add into that the fact that most of our employees are not desk-based, so they don't have emails, there's no kind of quick way to communicate with people, that has been quite a challenge for us. And actually, when I first started at Atlet, it was, it was quite interesting because some people within our hotels identified themselves as being employed by IHG, who's our main franchise that we work with, Intercontinental Hotels Group. 
Some people identified themselves as being employed by Hilton, again, who were the franchise, and not as many people identified themselves as being employed by Atlas Hotels. So we had a bit of an identity issue, and we were able to work through that through a process of identifying what are the values of Atlas as an organisation. So the history of that was we used to have 10 values, but of course, nobody can remember 10 values. So we did a piece of work which was around which of those 10 values really feel like they represent what Atlas is about and which don't. And two of the 10 really came out clearly. So that was guest focus and work together. So those were two of the old values that were were clearly really well ingrained within Atlas. And then we worked again and this was alongside you know a cross-section of our employees to identify well what are the values that really aren't being spoken about but do live within atlas and that was where we got to show commitment and strive for quality in terms of working together and how we i suppose continue on that journey of making sure that that is alive within atlas Again, we use platforms like Mo. So when we're rewarding and recognizing people, when you look at the statistics of which value is used the most, work together is used the most out of all those four values, probably because it's the most obvious. You know, I mentioned these hotel, hotel teams that are really tight knit, working really closely together. You can't support an entire hotel of guests on your own. You know, you, you can only do that as a concerted team effort. So when those thank yous and rewards are tagged with working together, again, our, all our employees are seeing that. So it's a virtuous circle and we're showing the importance of work together. But we also do that through our induction and training as well of our hotel managers. And this is where it's really critical is that in order to keep that alive, we've got a hotel manager that sits between the central team and our employees in hotels. So it's really important that the hotel operations manager is role modeling work together. And that means working together within the hotel team, but also within the region. So our the UK operation is split down into 11 different, we call them clusters, and there'll be kind of between four and seven hotels per regional manager. So it's really important that that hotel operations manager also understands work together within their cluster. And then beyond that, work together at Atlas as a whole. And one of the ways that we've been able to do that is through the employee forum. So we set up our employee forum in 2020. We initially set that up via, I mean, as we all were at the time, having teams meetings. And this is with, you know, team members, team leaders that are working in our hotels. It's not interacting with managers, it's directly with employees. And we've evolved that over the years. And last year, we started doing it face to face. And that was really the unlocking of a lot of work together. Because once we started meeting people face to face, building those relationships, improving communication, it really felt like we did unlock the potential of that employee forum. And now we really have some great two-way communication. And again, it's a great example of how through working together, you can achieve much more than you can in silos. So I think through a few kind of different strategies, we've just kept work together front of mind and just tried to make sure with every initiative that we're doing, we're coming from a place of working together so that it feels like it's lived in Atlas. Love it. So as a business, you're doing some superb stuff, a lot of which you will have led on, a lot of which you will have been part of. Could yeah. you therefore tell us about your leadership style? 
Yeah, sure. And I'm smiling because I actually asked one of my team about this early on because I didn't want to give you an example that might be kind of uh, two rose tinted glasses from my perspective. So I've given I've got a real life, a real You've life. Done some 360 example. feedback. Yeah, exactly. As told by one of my team members. So I'll start with the nice stuff first. Shall I? So I would like to describe myself as approachable. And I think that speaks for all of the leadership within Atlas. We're approachable and open and having conversations with whoever comes to talk to us. You know, that is always something which which is encouraged. And I would like to feel like the people that I'm working with would feel like that. I am also very focused on productivity targets. I'm quite a metrics driven person. And if you're familiar with Discovery Insights, my preferences, I have three, but they go red, yellow, blue. So I have three preferences, but the blue for me is important in work because as you mentioned, there's lots and lots of different projects, different focus areas, and that's before you even get to the business as usual. So in order for me to make sure that I'm delivering, I do do that from a structured place. So we do have objectives and targets within the team. And that's important for me from a leadership perspective, because I want to be able to show how we've added value. I'm always really conscious of the fact that HR can be seen as a ho- an overhead. And therefore, in the same way as, you know, my commercial colleague will be showing how he's delivered revenue or my finance colleague will show how he's saved money and how he's been able to budget. I want to show how we've delivered value through our people. And that's why the objectives are really important. I do also like to, from a leadership perspective, kind of practice what I preach. So I would never ask somebody to go and do something that I wasn't going to do myself and I do think that's important so when I go to our hotels I was in Lincoln last week and helping out on the breakfast shift similarly if I need to process starters I will process starters you know I just do what I need to do to get the job done and I think that is also important in leadership that you don't get too disconnected from the reality of the jobs that you're providing to people so I'd like to say those are the the good things from a leadership perspective I just think being visible and persona as a as a leader is important so I try to kind of as I say practice what I preach with that well on that note you've you've mentioned visibility the the ability to be personable the openness and approachability what steps do you go to to create a certain amount of psychological safety within the culture yeah that's really important because in the learning culture that we're trying to foster it has to be okay for things to go wrong. Sometimes things are going to go wrong. It's a little bit like what I mentioned with, you know, some of the guests in our hotels, sometimes things do go wrong. The important part of that is that people feel okay to say it's gone wrong and then we can work through how to make it right. And the way that I have done that maybe with my team initially is to show my own vulnerabilities. I think people think that, individuals within leadership roles don't do anything wrong and that is so far from the reality we're doing stuff wrong all the time but I do think it's important to be able to show that vulnerability share where things have gone wrong for you and also ask for help and I think if you role model that then you're more likely to get that within your own team so I would certainly say you know directly of the people that I'm I'm impacting maybe with my own role day to day and I'm working with I try to role model that. 
I think outside of that, it's much more about inclusivity. So in order for people to feel safe, they, I believe, have to feel that they're included and taken seriously. And that's about the diversity and inclusion stuff that I mentioned earlier on and the importance of that. And then I also think this is just sometimes about training and for our managers because our hotels in some cases can be like an a good grounding for your first management role sometimes our hotel managers that will be the first leadership position that they've been in and therefore we really need to provide them with a great foundation of great leadership which starts with psychological safety and how do you create a safe environment for your employees so also it's about for us of creating those strong foundations of just good management and leadership knowledge so that those same environments can be created within our, the hotels that we're operating as well by the individuals that are leaving, leading our teams. So all of those things, I think, are important in creating psychological safety. So, Sarah, you've spoken a lot there about um, psychological safety, keeping the values alive, holding people accountable to the values. What happens in the situations where people don't live the values? Yeah, that's really important and it's really difficult. And for every organisation that I've worked in, this has been a challenge because you've got the good stuff of the role modelling, but you also have to be conscious of the fact that anytime someone is undermining the values and continues to do that, that is kind of chipping away at the authenticity of the culture that you're trying to create. So you have to focus on both ends, the stuff where it's going well and the, and the times where it's not. The way that we would manage that within Atlas would be some direct feedback, some coaching conversations, because it's my belief that there are very few people out there who come to work to do a good, bad job. Everyone's trying to do a good job, but people can't learn if you don't give them the feedback. So it's initially about feedback and coaching to try and improve those behaviours. And in most situations, I find you can turn that stuff around. Also, in a culture as strong as ours, I think people make their own decision. If their values are not aligned to that culture, they're receiving feedback, which is actually maybe you need to change the way that you're approaching this. If that person doesn't want to stay in Atlas, they often opt out and they go elsewhere. I think where we've tried to do a lot of work to reduce the number of those kind of conversations is at the recruitment stage. So kind of going right back to the start and trying to make sure that we're bringing people into Atlas that are aligned with our values. So we have less of those conversations later on, which is saying actually your behavior is kind of indicating that you're not aligned to the values. So, for example, we use psychometric testing within our employee population. So when people are applying for jobs, we use psychometric testing, which is aligned with our values. So instead of looking at CVs, which, again, are not a good predictor of whether you're going to be great in hospitality, we're looking at how aligned people naturally are to our values. And then we're selecting the people that are maybe in the top percentile of alignment, and we're bringing those people into interview. It doesn't doesn't matter actually if you've had any experience before it matters if you're already aligned because that already looks like a good fit for us so we've just tried to work on the recruitment process so actually the people that we bring in are 
atlas values people so we're having less of those more negative conversations but being clear that having those conversations is as important as championing the role models of the culture though you have to do both and specific to you then what are your non-negotiable behaviors and principles and why are they important to you so i'll start with inclusion and i've spoken a lot about inclusion already i've been quite thoughtful i think in my team of And I think actually this is the case across Atlas that people, you don't want to just fill your team with people like you. You know, you want to bring in people into the team that have lots of different strengths because ultimately that will help you benefit. However, if you're going to do that, you need to include all of those people within the team. So there's never a reason for me for there to be anyone kind of left out, treated differently that kind of stuff does not wash with me or with the rest of Atlas. Work together because it's fundamental. And as I mentioned earlier about the hotel, you can't open a hotel on your own. You can't service guests on your own. It has to be as part of a team effort. And that's the same for all of the different functions that work in Atlas. It's not an independent person thing, it's a team thing. So we have to work together for the benefit of Atlas. I think from an HR perspective, it's about showing your value. So again, I'm coming from a place of what's our value to the business? How can we show that in a way that's black and white, not pink and fluffy? I hate that phrase, but it is used kind of outside of HR. I always call it out when it's there, but I do think sometimes HR has to be able to show in the same way as other organizations or other functions would show how it's adding value. So that's really important to me. Being professional is also important because again, within HR, I do think it comes with a level of expectation around professionalism. So those are important to me, those things. And finally, organisation, because you might have some great ideas, but if you haven't got a plan, then probably those great ideas are never going to come to fruition. So I would say those are are some of the things that are important to me. And certainly the first ones would also be important to Atlas as well. And you've had a pretty meteoric rise to the role of HR director within your career. You've got there in a short amount of time in relative terms. What's the biggest sacrifice that you've had to make to achieve where you've got to today? Yeah, this was a really interesting, this is a thought-provoking question because you could go in so many different directions. I'm going to give you a very honest answer. My immediate thought on sacrifice was more around, so my family life. And then actually, as I was thinking that through, I was thinking, well, that's not a sacrifice on my part. That's a kind of informed decision. So I'll give you a little bit more context around that. So I'm a working mum. I've got three kids between myself and my husband, a stepdaughter, and then a daughter and a son. And, you know, throughout that whole period of my life of actually having kids, being off on maternity leave, coming back, it's always been very busy. My husband and I both, we both work in HR. We both have busy jobs. We both love our kids. We both love our jobs, but it's a juggle. So I think the, what I originally perceived as sacrifice in terms of, you know, not being at home with the children, for example, I think 
is is my lens and actually I've had to do a lot of work on kind of reframing that 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 actually is a decision that I've made and sometimes life doesn't look the way that you imagined it would when you were younger so when you imagine being a mum you kind of imagine being at the park with your kids every day or you imagine being at work and you know you're putting the hours in all day every day actually as with all of us there's a balance that you have to find and sometimes I feel like I'm doing a great job in work sometimes I feel like I'm doing a great job as a parent but I don't find they always are at the same time but I think it's about being kind to yourself as opposed to identifying that as a a sacrifice that's an informed decision that I've made and I know that I would make that same decision again and therefore I'm kind of better off for being honest with myself that actually that's what I wanted to do and you know I would like to think Atlas is better off for it and I would like to think my kids are better off for it as well. So the world has been through significant change in the last few years I think of events like Covid. Really interested to understand what lessons you've learned as an organisation and how they've been implemented into the business. Yeah, so COVID for us as a hotel business, you can imagine what that was like. Very difficult. So I remember sitting in a meeting in March, early March, where we were looking at some occupancy numbers and thinking this doesn't look great. And then, of course, fast forward three weeks and we were in lockdown. I would say the lessons that we learned throughout that period were flexibility was absolutely huge for us. And curiosity, because interestingly, we actually managed to stay open. 50% of our hotels stayed open throughout the whole of COVID. And the reason for that was that we effectively took on completely different business than we ordinarily would. So, of course, no, none of our normal guests were traveling. So we had no kind of leisure guests. We certainly had no corporate guests. So eventually we did things like we had the homeless. So there were a lot of government initiatives and council initiatives to bring the homeless people off the street and into hotels we did that in numerous hotels of ours of course that was a real learning experience for our teams as well because that was very different in terms of the kind of challenges that they were facing kind of completely unprepared for that we also did work around supporting nurses and doctors who were working and maybe working away from home so we housed them as well and once the world kind of started open opening up a little bit more and building work and things was allowed to continue so things that were identified as kind of key infrastructure projects could continue we supported those individuals as well with being open so we really had to look hard to find different business and be very open to bringing that business into Atlas because it was very different to what we would have been able to do. But as a result of that, we were able to actually get through 2020 not unscathed we definitely weren't unscathed but we didn't have to make any redundancies as a result of the pandemic which for us was absolutely amazing and it was something that from a people perspective I was really proud of because we stood by and you know it's not it of course businesses had to make really difficult decisions but we were able to stand by redundancies being you know very very last in the line of things that we would ever consider and luckily we didn't have to get close to it but I think that was only because of the curiosity and flexibility that we had to bring in some revenue. I'm really interested therefore to get under the skin of how you're managing your own well-being and what you do to protect it. Yeah it's an ongoing thought in my mind because how can you help other people with 
their own well-being if you can't kind of role model some of that behavior so I think I know myself quite well and I can tell when I'm not feeling as good so maybe if I'm working too much not seeing my friends enough for me maybe not seeing my kids enough or even for me again not reading enough books I think I'm finding if I'm not reading enough books then that's probably a sign that I'm I'm not looking after myself so I very clear on what those kind of signals are so I can react to them and that's something I've learned over time I also have an amazingly supportive team who will say to me have you eaten have you drunk any water today stop drinking coffee because we have a very kind of open environment and and I'll do the same thing to them so that we're all kind of responsible for each other's well-being as well and we have an open conversation to call it out when other people you know if you can see people are emailing really late at night for example or on the weekend you can call that out and go what's going on do we need to readjust time frames that kind of thing and I think the other thing that I've learned about how to support my own well-being is about kind of getting perspective I find that I can compartmentalize quite well and when I'm doing something that is not work related I can be really present in that moment and put work in a box what would yeah. you say is the greatest lesson that you've learned during the period of your career you can't do it on your own I am naturally quite an independent, self-starter, self-motivated person. And over the years, that served me well at times. But what that does mean is sometimes I can think that I can do everything and do everything myself. And as I've mentioned with the whole working together thing, nobody can do that. I'm not a one-woman HR department. You know, I need everyone within my team to be part of a concerted effort to get us to where we want to go. And I think when I was earlier in my career, I probably felt quite uncomfortable about asking for help or admitting I didn't know something. And I ended up being a bottleneck and I don't want to be a bottleneck. So now I'm much better at delegation and just recognizing that this is a this is an effort between Atlas. We're one company. So just trying to make sure I'm sharing the load, I think, is, is something that I've learned. And work aside, what's your ultimate life goal? I just want to be happy. Uh, that's all I'm here to do. And I've worked in jobs where I wasn't happy and I left because I just think life is too short. I don't want to be waking up every day to go and do something that I'm. it doesn't make me happy. I'm really fortunate in life that I have a job which I absolutely love. But if I woke up tomorrow and for some reason I didn't like it, I would leave because I just don't think anything is worth unhappiness. So, Sarah, we're going to move to the quick fire round now. First question is, what's something that you've achieved that you are proud of? I think the most recent thing would be increasing our employee operations pay by 10%. We did that in January. Wow. How do you react to your greatest failure? I beat myself up and then realised it's not that bad. I can sort it out. On you go, Sarah. What's something you regret and you would have done differently? Many things I regret, mostly related to where I didn't put the effort in with creating good relationships. What's the biggest challenge your business is facing right now? Retention. What do you like most about yourself? I think I'm quite enthusiastic to be around. What's your biggest area of development? I have tunnel vision. <laughs> Tell us about something you're passionate about. People enjoying their jobs at Atlas. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Comparison is the thief of joy. 
Well, I've heard that. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> uh, what's one book or podcast you'd recommend to our listeners and viewers? Productivity Ninja. It's a book. It changed my life. You've got to read it. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for watching and listening today. Hope you found the episode insightful. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share. Cheers.